Hello and welcome to Open All Ours, the QPR podcast. I'm Chris Charles and I'm joined by three regular contributors to the pod. Before I introduce them, usual spot of housekeeping, follow us on Twitter at QPR Pod, look for QPR Podcast on Facebook and get in touch with us online at West 12 Media. Okay, first up we have Clive Whittingham or Northern R from Loft for Words. This is a very professional introduction, <laughs> Chris. How are you, Clive? I'm good. I'm protecting my uh, leading appearance holder that I noticed. Had, uh, oh, yes. How many is it now? Depressing amount. I mean, number one, it just shows that I've got no life. Number two... <laughs> number two, number does, what does that make me? Number two, I, to be fair, I did host your podcast in the studio when you guys were homeless in my work you for about six indeed. months. But yeah. I, people are only going to remember the first point, aren't they? So <laughs> we'll, we'll leave it at that. Before we go any further, can, I've never really asked this, so I don't know if anyone else has on the pod, but what's it actually like managing, managing all the weird and wonderful characters on Lawful Words? I think I should get a grant from the government. It's, you know, care in the community kind of thing. Because if they're on there, they're not out there, are they? So, you know. Are you the community moderator? Yes, I'm the only wow. moderator and have been for all of the what, 12, 13, 14 years it's been around. Yeah, that's where all my hair went. But for, <laughs> but for anyone who doesn't know, it's not just QPR. There are lots of wide-ranging issues, uh, some of which we'll I'd imagine here. get taken down. Yes, well, we've got a little ban on the Brexit threads at the moment because no one needs that in their life. No, absolutely. Um, OK, the voice you just heard was James Evans, quiz show producer extraordinaire. Well, Hi, t- take the last bit off, but yeah. And this, I'm now one more appearance than Clint Hill. Oh, so, sorry, Clint. Sure that's a good or a bad thing. <laughs> I know. I was quite happy being level with Clint, but you know, now I can't. I don't know if that is eight or nine or seven or eight now. So, so. what are you working on at the moment? Pointless still? Um, right now, I am Daddy Daycare. Oh, of course. Um, so I, I was, I was slightly late. I was waiting for my wife to get home so I could leave. Anyway, um, but I will be going back to Planet Pointless in about two weeks. Fantastic for series twenty three. Ooh, wow. Is that as many as appearances as you've had? 24. No, I think I've not even in double digits yet. Uh, I'm no Clive. Yeah. <laughs> okay, last but no man. That's why he's got last more hair. By no means, least. <laughs> it's Gemma from. Mang- I yeah, still don't know how to pronounce your surname. Gemma from Mangali. Gemma. <laughs> um, so, another open all our store, but you haven't been on for a while. No, no, I'm back. So, what have you been up to in the intervening period? Uh, trying to move house. So that's... Uh, oh, right, OK. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But going to QPR in between. Still going to QPR, yep. Um, yeah, QPR and cricket, same as usual. Excellent. OK, Clive, um, the last few times you've been on, you've been uncharacteristically, <laughs> easy for me to say, positive. Uh, since you might not be quite so positive after two points from 12. Yeah, maybe not. I was, I was quite disappointed on Saturday and then I've, I've mellowed a little bit. I listened to... What Warburton and Hughes said at the forum last night and uh, about the style of play, which I'm sure we'll come on to. So I have mellowed a little bit on Saturday, but I did think we perhaps took Middlesbrough a little bit lightly, um, which you could tell in the start of the game where we nearly conceded three goals in the first 15 minutes to a team that hadn't scored for four games, hadn't won away all season, lowest scorers in the league. Um, as some Belonga not yeah. scored for weeks or yeah, something. Yeah, of course. So we were always going to do that. But I did. I, they caught us cold, didn't they? They, I think, 
the Middlesbrough fans in the pub were saying that that was the strongest team they'd put out this season and it was also their best performance. And I think we maybe went into that game assuming it was going to be a bit easier than it was. I think Woodgate pulled a bit of a fast yeah, one, didn't say, he? But, yeah. you know, came out on Thursday in his press conference, looked like he'd just taken his dog to be put down and <laughs> reckoned that 10 of his senior players had died in the night and things like this. And then suddenly the team comes out on Saturday and four of them started, two of them were on the bench. You go from thinking you're facing third choice French lone goalkeeper making a championship debut and actually the first choice goalkeepers playing and they came absolutely flying out the blocks, didn't they? And and really caught us. So I wonder if we we took it a bit lightly. We then ended up almost winning by accident. Um with the gut you know, nice first goal to be fair. Nonsense second goal. Half time we're winning two one, we're up to sixth in the league. I'm thinking, you know, how, right, just get out of here like this. And I don't think it would have killed us in the second half. Um, and I'm not advocating like Paul Hart's flat back 12 or, you know, Matt's original Matt Smith and Paul Hart was, a, was 5-1 Middlesbrough at home, wasn't he? Yeah, I just... I, had fl- I don't know why, but I had flashbacks of that game during Well, uh, during I mean, Saturday. his famous one was Bristol City that we actually won and we got booed off. I've never known us get booed <laughs> off after a win. It was just so miserable. But I'm not, I'm not saying we should have gone to that level, but I just thought we're not playing well. We're 2-1 up. It wouldn't have been completely, you know, getting rid of our values or sacrificing our virtue this season and getting rid of the star play to just have in difficult conditions in a match we weren't playing well a pragmatic 20 minutes there of just make let's play in their half let's not do anything silly and obviously we conceded the goal we did and, and you know it cost, it cost us two points so it, it was frustrating James? Yeah I uh, got very little response that's because I left and came back to Twitter but all I tweeted was two points dropped but that doesn't really tell the shape of the game and Clive summed up really well. I thought that was a pen right at the beginning just because of the the amount of pens we've given away this season. Um, I'm, I'm amazed that wasn't given. And yeah, and somehow we sort of fluked our way ahead. Um, Wells' goal was nice, but we sort of fluked our way ahead and they gradually got worse in the first half, but that wasn't saying much. And then we were still ahead and I sort of, I left kind of disappointed and relieved. Um, like disappointed that we didn't actually hang on to win and relieved that we also didn't lose. And I know that sounds like I completely contradicted myself, but the last 10, 15 minutes, it was like, oh, here we go. You're just waiting for that free kick at the edge of the box to either go in, George Friend, top top left-hand corner or something, daft, or it's going to ping-pong round and they'll get that free too. And it didn't happen, but I left kind of slightly puzzled more than anything else. Uh, what I will say, and it's kind of obviously slightly wider point, I'm really glad we've got Naki Wells that I thought we were going to get. Um, he's, Naki Wells has been really good this season and he had patches of it last season. But this season, this, um, yeah, he's, he's our number one. He's our number one striker. Um, I really like the endeavour of Hugo, but he's, he's great at missing a sitter. But there was a lot of people saying Hugo sort of should have started, Gemma. Oh, yeah, I mean, that was my number one thing, was why was he not starting? And actually, my Middlesbrough fans that were there in the away end said they were so relieved to see he wasn't starting, and that was their biggest concern before the game. So I don't understand why that didn't happen. And the other thing I thought was it was the first game this season where I've actually looked and thought, God, we need Matt Smith, which you just mentioned, Matt Smith, because it's funny, I haven't really thought about him at all, but... It just they're they're big team and we just looked a bit hopeless. But I just felt that he would have been huffing and puffing. I could have imagined him running from end to end, and you could see him maybe having set, potentially just put some pressure on them, maybe a, the odd header in. But it just I don't know. Hugh Gill lit up the game when he came on, and you just thought, why 
Why didn't he start him, especially given the background? I really thought he was going to score that at the end. From where I sit, you could just that cross is coming towards me, and Hugel's running away from me, and you could just see. Why it didn't he just head in the? I sit behind you, yeah. sort of. Why didn't I, he just head in the angle his body was like you say, instead of turning left? I don't like he turned his body left to make a harder header. Yeah. He just needed to sort of just you know send it back where it comes. Isn't that the? Isn't yeah, that the rule? He does it. He does. Uh, he does like a mischance. I thought that was another part of the reason I thought we maybe took them a bit lightly. I felt like Warburton has wanted to get Amos back in. Uh, he's kind of been itching to do that for a few weeks, even though Amos hasn't played particularly well when he's come off the bench. Um, and I thought he did it on Saturday thinking maybe we might win the game anyway because Middlesbrough are so poor. And actually, as Gemma said, we missed Hugill's presence against a big a big defence. Um I don't miss Matt Smith. I know, I know I might be in the minority here. No, I haven't here. done all season. I don't, it was I don't, only that game, I thought, um, this week. But I get, yeah, Hugo's a much better footballer than Matt Smith is, but I, I understand I understand that. But then I think we might have lost that battle because they were a big team. They're huge. You can, see the, yeah. you can see the DNA of Pulis. Yes. <laughs> it's still causing. I was speaking to Ian McCulloch at the forum last night and he did point out that for all Middlesbrough's struggles and, and whatever, if you actually look at some of the players in the team, got some really belong cost 15 million quid. I mean, Ashley Fletcher, I think he's a donkey, but they still paid 8 million quid for him. Howson was expensive. Ayala was expensive. Paddy McNair's a good footballer. Paddy McNair, they paid 5 million quid for. Randolph, they paid 5 million quid for. It's an expensively assembled team. Um, it just, I don't think it was the game we expected to, to have on Saturday and we were lucky, I thought, to get away with the point. One thing that struck me, because I remember in previous seasons, one of my biggest bugbears is, have the, has the manager not spent some time looking at the team that we're about to play? Because they've put, you know, put out a side and they've just, you just think, well, it, wasn't, it was quite basic to look at this team and how they normally play and what, what we should have been playing. And I think possibly what's happened with Warburton is that he's very vocal about the fact they plan incredibly well. You know, they show them videos, they plan and plan. Hence the Thursday press conference of it's quite easy to undo that. If you know that they spend all week analysing, you just have to change things around, potentially with that, you know, slightly less experienced team. And the next thing, nobody knows what to do because it's not what they've planned for. But do you think they, <clears throat> Warburton, guy of his experience, is really going to get cold by that and, and, and take Woodgate at his word? Not necessarily, but I mean, he really did lay it on thick last yeah. week. He was like, 10 of them aren't travelling. Um, That's what I'd do if yeah. I was playing oh, against yeah. QPR. I mean, I would, why not? Why would you not try it? We're probably you? giving Warburton and the team absolutely nowhere near credit. We maybe just didn't play well enough. It's just I came away, f- particularly from that first 20 minutes, thinking that we were facing a Middlesbrough team that we weren't expecting. To I face. mean, but the the defence was a bit makeshift in terms of what we didn't have. There was no Barbe and uh, no Leisner. So and I know Barbe gets a lot of grief and his defending but, this year has been wild. But he but can pass. He can pass. And doesn't it show when we're trying... It's like last year when we yes. were trying to pass out through Lynch and Leisner. Doesn't it show when he's not there? We cannot get the ball from the defence to the midfield with, without terrifying everybody. There was, oh, there was a moment when someone passed it... I don't know if it's Scowan dropped to pick it and then went passed it back to Lumley. And I didn't do it, but loads of the crowd were like, no, booing. It was just like, that... That's the last thing I'd want to hear if I was yes. Lumley at that point in time. I know you, everyone expresses their concerns in totally different ways. Um, but I was just like, please don't do that. It's the last thing that we need at that point in yeah, time. People, are, people, are, people do get aggy with it. And yeah. Oh, from, wow. from what was said at the forum last night, it's not going away. You know, they're not, there's no pragmatism or, you know, we're not going to switch. Warburton was just absolutely steadfast on that. 
and who's backed him up and and I think he said something like we've got to go through the crucible on this we are going to this is our style this is our manager and we're sticking with it for better or worse Warburton even said next couple of games it will go wrong again we'll concede a goal he said I hope we don't but we probably will oh my god it's Fulham I mean, and, and the crucible, mate, we should have gone for snookers on Saturday <laughs> I'm under what, what the odds are on us uh, not keeping a clean sheet for the rest of the season <laughs> but I don't think it's ever been done has it but we're the only team in the, fo- <laughs> we're the, only team in the football league without one now I think even that Doncaster team that went down yeah. conceding 180 goals kept a clean sheet well I can tell you the last clean sheet we kept if my research is correct was 214 days ago Swansea um, Oh, very good. I knew you'd know. Yeah. <laughs> wow, such a geek. Thirteenth of April when we beat Swansea four yeah, nil. Who said at the forum last night? We are trying to develop players to sell to the Premier League. This is a Premier League style. If we can bring players through that are accustomed to this style, that are confident. Uh, what did uh, Warburton describe it as? Brave but never reckless. And that's what they're ch- they want because they want to. Do they have that tattooed? They want to fatten that? these pigs for market <laughs> and sell them. That's that's the whole model now. Surely, you know, the start of the season we've had, you know, especially, I mean, thankfully, Fernandez hasn't got too much involved yet, but surely... Is it coming? Yeah, yeah, it's coming. <laughs> they, they, it's people, like myself included, are suddenly thinking, oh, hang on a minute, we could do something. I did, as a caveat, I did say a few weeks ago that injuries, you know, could be the problem, and players always get better when they're not playing, if you know what I mean, Barbe being a, a particular example there. Yeah, I just, I mean, the fixtures have got more... We've got, we're in a difficult run of fixtures, and the run of wins was all against teams in the bottom half. I think we're a mid-table team. We should always keep in mind what we expected over the... So I remember being at Boreham Wood in pre-season and I we was there. were... That was bad. Absolutely abysmal and lost 2-1 to Boreham Wood and deserved it. And at that point, I was thinking, this is this is going to be really bad. I yeah, felt was really optimistic predicting as a 16th. I thought it was a strong chance we would go down. The 4-4-2 season preview had us in the bottom three. We changed all those players. I think we do have to keep in mind the expectations. Oh, absolutely. Because yeah, we're yeah. tracking well above that. Yeah, absolutely. But there's been a lot of question about uh, talk about this no plan B. I remember at the start of the season, fans from previous clubs that he's managed said Warburton had no plan B. <clears throat> so I always thought they were talking rubbish, really, when he started swapping formations and changing things around. But now I'm, you're thinking that actually what he means is his teams get worked out and he doesn't have another way to play. Is that fair? Anybody? Yeah, no, I, no it's interesting that because I was listening to your question and part of me was thinking, well, what is a plan B? Does a plan B automatically have to be, there's a target guy to boot it Well, it was him. Matt Smith. Um, it, you yeah. know, and that is kind of the classic sort of football stereotype, especially in British football, 80-odd minutes, stick someone on. They're not, you know, they're not that mobile, but they are effective. And um, But I, th- I think he's shown a bit of variety in his tactics. I don't think he's played the same formation, same, same formation the whole time. I, I do think it's, it's hard because the games are harder right now, but we do have to have a little bit of patience because... Um, there's that there's that image that goes around on Twitter or whatever. It might be absolute nonsense. But on the spending chart, it's QPR on Leeds that in the summer spent yeah. zero. You know, and it's quite nice if you break the table down into three eights. I see us maybe in the second eight instead of the third eight, as in like, you know, 17th to 24th, however you want to work it out, which makes a change. And I'm hoping it will still stay that, stay that way. It's the first season I haven't been... Which is obviously now famous last words will go down. Oh, God. <laughs> no, it's the first season I haven't been at this point sitting thinking we're going to go down and we're going to be fighting it. I'm sure we'll, you know, probably be below the middle of the table, but not, I just don't feel with everything I've seen compared to some, well, some of the other teams, you feel we've got the optimism to keep it up. Well, I said last week, I think we're victims of our own success, really, because, 
you know, we, we, we started really well when we weren't expected to. Um, and okay, yeah, we, we played some a lot of the sides that were in the bottom half. So people, as a football fan, you naturally... Well, well, I do, not Clive, obviously, but I, I naturally start to get my hopes up and think, well, hang totally. on a minute, we can... Uh, we when we, I, I, I confessed, you know, I, when I was looking at that table and I was... Because I think I've said on the last podcast, I think it's a dreadful league this year. We, you know, you get into fourth and you're winning at Chef Wednesday in Millwall, which we don't usually do. And you, yeah, you, you, do, you do allow yourself to get carried away, but the support base does have to be careful with that because we can be a little bit schizo with that. I mean, we're only two defeats away from everybody wanting Warnock back. You watch. Oh, yeah. If we we get get beat by Fulham, and what is it after that? Get beat at home to Forest. That'll be another six games without a win. Which are both dead, sir. Which, you know, difficult games could easily happen. Then we're on another six-game winless run. Warnock's now out of work. You watch. You watch Twitter. Watch the message boards. Well, I've already... It turns on a dime. One one week, we could actually do this. And then the following week, rubbish. No plan B. Get rid of him. So you do have to be careful and always keep in mind... What did you expect at the start of the season? Well, I saw a thread about Warnock on your site today. I think it was tongue-in-cheek, but um, yeah. yeah. Give it two more games. <laughs> yeah, and, and that, that thread might be revisited. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Lumley back in. I, I, I thought it was tactical, but apparently um, Kelly was injured. I don't know if that's correct. I assume it is. He wasn't on the bench, so I presume he's... Yeah, yeah he's Barnes was on the bench, wasn't he? So, Barnes was on the bench. So it's been a debate that's been, I'd say raging, but there's, it's, it's been an interesting debate. Has it been raging for you, Chris? Yeah. <laughs> is, that, is that what yeah, it is? it's been raging for me. I'm absolutely <laughs> fuming, yeah. What? Yeah. Calm down. No, Where are we going with it? Calm no, down. I'm just saying that, it, it, basically, who is there, have you got any preference as to who you would have as the number one at the moment? I was expecting Kelly to come in and be some sort of all-conquering, ball-playing quarterback goalkeeper because we'd be like, oh, Warburton's obviously bought him because he's good with his feet, can pass the ball. It'll be a big difference to Lumley after that Luton goal. I haven't seen much of a difference. And a lot of the goals that Kelly has conceded, I've thought that Lumley might have saved. Neither of them are playing particularly well. I, I don't think I don't think there's a lot to choose between them. I would be in Cardiff's here for Smithies in January. Mm, he's, he, yeah. It might we change really now that Warnock's him. gone, but clearly that move hasn't worked out for him. They never pitched him in the Premier League. He started this season. They've dropped him for Etheridge again. I'd be in Cardiff's here for Smithies because with his distribution in this team, I think it would... And, you know, also a, the occasional penalty save. We need a better keeper. Difference. There's, there, I think... Both I feel like Kelly's yeah. slightly better on the ball than Lumley, but you sort but of... Then he's but, got the height... You know, that's the thing always I feel. I uh, he's the shortest six foot two I've ever seen. He's not six foot two. That's what's listed on what, stuff. Absolute, Kelly, he's about five foot no, seven, no isn't chance. he? He's not big. He's not a big man. And that's what frightens me. Every time I see him standing in goal, I just think, he's got no chance, however fast he is. Goal looks big, doesn't it? The goal yeah. looks enormous. <laughs> it looks double the size. It's never, I'm never very confident when the smallest man in our penalty area for their set piece is our goalkeeper. <laughs> so on, for me, on that basis, that's really the thing that kind of, Slightly, I prefer. I feel slightly more confident with. I don't but think no, a, I just want Smithies back. No. Um, just before we're going to go to a quick interview, uh, I'll explain in a minute. We're actually going to re- revisit one from last week. Um, but some of the, I know, changes have been forced, and you said Amos. He was desperate to get back in. Well, because Amos, I remember a poll on your site uh, at the start of the season. Who's going to, who's going to be our best player this season? And Amos seemed to be getting quite a lot of the traction. So, what, what's happened between? Then and now, injured, and yeah, I think yeah. he's he's obviously got confidence issues. I think that's why he's here. That's why Tottenham have Pochettino. You know, he always tells the story about when he came on for Tottenham at Newcastle and couldn't believe he was there. And Pochettino's only instruction was make sure you believe. 
make sure you believe in yourself because obviously you know you see him berating himself when he gets stuff wrong um I said, I think I said on the first podcast this season, I thought he'd be player of the year. And obviously that doesn't look like it's going to happen at this point. It's as good as my tip that Diakite would win it that year. Um, (laughs) To be, you know, he just scored twice at Oxford. The team looked rubbish. He looked the best player in it. And I'd I'd been at training that day and he absolutely trained the house down, which I think is why Warburton likes. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's no, I mean, again, like you say, the injury, but the only, the only way he's going to get the confidence is, by starting more and more games, so um, presumably he'll stay in if Warburton is that. I think that I think the midfield, whatever. I, I sort of get puzzled by the formation, what, what sort of where people sit in the midfield, our formation. To be honest, and I've watched quite a lot of football. Um, that needs that needs addressing. I don't necessarily like Cameron and, and Scowen together. I don't. I don't have a problem with either of them, but I just don't know collectively how great that is. Um, so maybe Amos is a is a potential there. And even if there were flashes in that Bournemouth game, I thought he looked pretty decent and fast. He seemed to cover a lot of ground very quickly and had a lot of work rate. But then, yeah, he just got injured, which wasn't... had a lot of injury problems in the last 18 months. You basically, you know, we remember what falling was like when he was coming back from his ACLs. (laughs) You know, it is tough. Yeah, Falling to be good in this team. I this think. team needs someone that yeah. good to pick the ball up from the back. Yes. To go to be that link. Very revealing last night. They get one of the questions to Warburton was money, no object. Which championship player would you have? And everybody's obviously expecting him to name. Well, we would probably go for a centre back or a goalkeeper, wouldn't we? Given yeah, absolutely. And yeah, he yeah. went. He went straight away for Romain Sawyer's, who went from Brentford to West Brom. Who is That's that interesting. deep lying ball playing? Can pick it up from the midfield because we don't really have that do we we're trying I like to... Ben Pearson oh god yeah no one else does but yeah, just, <laughs> but yeah but that's sort of absolute what... troll yeah yeah but he's he's the trolls troll I do think Don Ball played all right on yeah he in, did in a beaten midfield but yes. he's a bit of a stopgap Cameron's very hit and miss and old Amos has been injured Scowen's obviously still not having a good time it's difficult that base of midfield isn't it yeah absolutely now um Away from the game, I think probably were two of the highlights on Saturday was A, the last post and the way we did the remembrance, two minutes silence, um, and B, Dave Thomas coming onto the pitch at half-time and also he's in the club shop beforehand signing copies of his autobiography. Now, we did speak to him last week, and as I said, this is like fairly unprecedented, but there seemed to be such a lot of warmth and such a lot of love uh, from such a horrible, miserable, rainy day towards Dave. I thought it'd be nice, just a quick five, ten minutes on just how the day went for him. Dave, how are you? I'm OK, thank you. I'm fine, yep. How how was it on Saturday? Oh, amazing. Uh, quite an emotional day for me. Um, yeah, I'm, not, I'm very sadly, I'm that sort of guy. Uh, I get quite emotional about certain things, particularly since... Having my dog, getting my dog, and obviously with the condition of with my eyesight, it's yeah, it's. It, I think sometimes it's it's the unknown, you know, that um, I've still got a little bit of sight, but I think it's obviously the little bit of a worry into going into total darkness. I think, but you know, um, it's always there in the back of my mind. But uh, I'm very positive. I just get on with it, but uh, I do. Occasionally get quite emotional about it, yeah. Well, gosh, that's totally understandable, Dave. I mean, I, I saw you in the club shop. I think I was the last, the last person before you, uh, before they wish you away. So I was, I was, I was. Very... Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, it was, it was 
was amazing, you know, the support and the, you know, regarding the book, we, I think we had a hundred copies there and literally got wiped out in about an hour and a half. It was just, I'd, 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 I think people were, well, even myself, it was just amazing how many supporters bought the book and, um, you know, I think I'm pretty sure if we'd had more, we could have sold them, but uh, yeah, just a wonderful, a great club. It's just, they've always been very, very helpful, not only to me, but obviously some of the people, uh, the, you know, I must give a special mention to Andy Sinton because, and Julie, um, Julie Newman, um, they, uh, since Andy came to the club, you know, he, he's, he's managed, bless him, to try and get ex-players back. And it's, you know, it, it means a lot. It means a lot to people. And I think that the hospitality they gave the ex-players is just second to none. So, uh, as, as, well, certainly for me, a special little, certainly five to six years in, in my football career, probably the best, happiest days, really, I've ever had there, really. Yeah, I, I, we, we could have probably do done with you running along the wing without those uh, shin pads the other day. Um, wasn't the best result, but at least we didn't lose. Sorry, I didn't. Sorry. Oh, sorry. I'll, I'll say that again. I was just saying, yeah. we could have done with someone like you running up that wing without your shin pads. Uh... Without the shin pads on, yeah. And, <laughs> um, and my moulded studs. I mean, well, you know, I wouldn't have been able to play today, would I? Really, I just didn't never, I never liked wearing shin pads at all. I tried it in training. I just felt... And, 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 and really, it was not something that I was conscious of that my socks came around my ankles. It was never, it was never a fashion thing. And but it's just something that they came down. I wasn't aware that they came down. I just got on with it. But as one or two people remembered, you know, uh, you, oh, you were the guy that had your socks rolled around your ankles, <laughs> didn't you? And you never wore shin pads. So <laughs> that was a classic. Uh, it was a classic. Yeah, that long hair flowing behind you, uh, you know, and they charging up that wing and e- either wing, left or right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was just an incredible time at QPR. I, I certainly joined in '72. I joined at the right time. The club was going forward, and special mention to Gordon Jago. Gordon signed some good players. He really did. And and then obviously Dave Sexton came along and took it to a, a little bit of a, another level. Um, yeah, just two wonderful people in my life, really, as managers. They were lovely, super people. And what was it like walking back out onto the pitch? I know it's not the first time you've well, done it the other well, day. Yeah. Well, you know, the ovation that, that that the supporters gave me was just, yeah, just you know, quite emotional, very emotional for me. Um, and because, you know, when you've had wonderful times there at the football club, you don't forget that. And when you look back, you think, like, 43 well, no, 47 years ago I joined. It's pretty scary, really, but it was so clear of my mind that when I first joined that club and um, my wife was with me, I was, I'd just got engaged to Brenda at the time and she came down with me to sign with Gordon Jago. Yeah, memorable time, really, memorable. Brilliant. Well, there's been a lot of love for you after the, a lot of people saying... That was the highlight of the day. I mean, obviously, we didn't win, which is a shame, but, you know, you could, at least we didn't lose. Um, but, yes, since then, a lot of people have got the book. Um, a lot of love love for you there um, and a lot of respect as well. Oh, it's very kind. Yeah, it, you know, I think that it's been a, it's been a, 
quite a life changer for me, as you can well, as you can well imagine. And, you know, particularly I've often, as I've quoted in the book, you know, to lose your driving licence to when it came to me through the post, it was massive, massive. So, but yeah, either sink or swim. Um, I was always very positive. I swam and I just got on with my life. But, you know, since getting my dog, it's just, she's, she's changed my life. And, she, you know, she walked me onto that pitch and she, she deals with all the attributes that's thrown at her. She's very, very calm and, you know, it's an amazing charity. And uh, as I said, when I did my book, the only reason I did it was that, that all my royalties go to guide dogs. Nothing. You know, if you said to me five years ago I'd have been a guide dog owner, I would have said, nah, I'm okay, I'm okay, but how wrong I was. But so suddenly getting a... I can go off on my own now on a train, on a bus, and uh, on Friday she's getting on an aeroplane for the first time. So it'll be a, another challenge for her, but I've every, every little bit of confidence in her that uh, she'll just cope with it. She's an amazing dog. Oh, that's great to hear. Where, where are you going out of interest? We're just going to Southampton, yeah, yeah. Nothing too far, but, you know, I mean, if, I'm sure, pretty sure if she went to America, she would just sit there. She's amazing. She oh. is absolutely amazing. I mean, if you can cope with the underground, you can cope with anything, can't you? So, <laughs> You're not wrong, so, mate. Uh, You're not wrong. Yeah, just, 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 um, but, it, yeah, it's been a, it's been a different, it, it's been a life changer for me, and I think that when, as when I brought the autobiography out, I think that people, you know, as a lot of ex-footballers bring them out, and uh, but I think that what people have said to me, it's part of my life as a footballer, of all the different stuff. But then it was the life changer, obviously, for my build-up of being registered blind, and obviously uh, getting my dog. I wasn't aware that. The first, I, I wasn't aware of this, but the author told me that uh, I'm the first ex-professional footballer to get a guide dog. So I think it, it it's like 60% of my life as a footballer, but then it's the other 40% in the book. I would, how my life drastically changed, really. That's the thing. So, no. but uh, but I cope with it. I just get on with it. I just. I just, I'm very positive, and you've got to be, because, as I've always said, that people ask me, I do this, how do you do that? Well, I just say, well, I'll just get on with it. But, you know, my life's not bad at all, because, and I've said many, many times that people have asked me that there will be thousands of people who have gone to the hospital today, and no word of a lie, they were going to see a consultant and say, I'm terribly sorry, we can't do anything more for you. And if you think of life like that, my life's not too bad. Ah, well, wise words and, and very touching, mate. Um, before we go, where, where, where can people get the book? Who didn't manage to get one on, on Saturday? I believe there's still some signed copies uh, floating around somewhere. Well, I just can't thank you all enough at uh, QPR. It was a special day. Brilliant. Dave, it's been a pleasure again. First guest we've ever spoken to two weeks in a row. It's been an absolute pleasure. Bless you. Take care, Dave. Bye-bye. See you soon. I love you all. Bye. 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 Thanks very much, mate. Oh, what a man. What a man. What a ledge. Um, Lovely guy. Let's say we've never done that before, but I think we make an exception for Dave because um, 
Yeah, it was quite uh, quite emotional. Um, Remember when we started doing this uh, podcast, like the early days, every week there'd be a former player come on, Mark Lazarus or someone like that, and they'd be like, I haven't heard from QPR for years, Yeah, never get invited back, nobody there seems to care. Yeah, you know. Meanwhile, our club's hero-worshipping Jisung Park and Joey Barton and people like that. Now, the work that Andy Sinton has done, particularly at QPR, with help from Ian Gillard, I think, and Martin Rowlands is involved. I just think Andy Sinton is an absolute treasure at our club. I think I rather drunkenly told him this at the forum last <laughs> night. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I just it was such a difference, and uh, it, makes you, it makes you proud to, to support the club again when maybe, you know, I felt sort of four or five years ago that it was kind of leaving me behind. It wasn't, it wasn't a club I was particularly proud to say that I, I supported. But even though the... The team and the results aren't always there at the moment. I'm, I just couldn't be more thrilled with with how it how it's gone at QPR. Well, um, I think we all echo that. I mean, Gemma, that's. Um, I think the off field QPR, the off the pitch stuff, you know, particularly under Andy Evans, like uh, he sort of led the charge with that. Really, yeah, has uh, ha- has sort of um, almost made up for the stuff that's gone on the pitch the last few years. It feels to me, it's like it, it reminds me more. I feel like I used to feel when I was growing up about the club. Um, just that kind of warm feeling and it's the bit we're shit we're local but we're actually you're a bit I I guess you're just proud of the fact that we do something right even if we don't win very much and James yeah I mean I I sort of echo Clive's uh, sentiments when it it was the money days you know it was I never embarrassingly say I support QPR but you knew when you said it you knew you were going to get something back and it was never normally positive. But when I was younger, if you say QPR, most of the time, oh, yeah, I'd like that. They're my second team. I don't know why people have second teams, incidentally, anyway. Um, <laughs> but I'd be like, oh, that's nice, you know. And and um, I, th- I think I think Sinton has done great work. I mean, I, you, I, I went into the club shop before. Oh, maybe I'll have a look. See, it, was, it was rammed. I just had to leave. And I could see Andy Sinton there, Shepherd, Shepherd and Dave Thomas, and then um, kind of... You know, he was getting mobbed as well. Like um, he's done, he's done an absolutely sterling job. Um, I always joke with Andy Sinton. You know, is everything all right at home? He, ne- <laughs> he, ne- he never seems to leave, does he? he was getting, like, <laughs> it's just always every time you get put your head in a club shot, Andy Sinton's there shaking yeah. people's hands at the forum last night. He'll be at that question of sport thing this. Oh, week, yeah, you know, yeah. look, he just never seems I want, to leave. As, as Fernando's got him a flat in the BBC Television Centre, so I'd like to know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just give him McLaren's. Probably still paying for it. <laughs> Well, we've touched on the forum quite a lot tonight and, you know, your drunken embracing of Andy Sinton. Um, you put, for anyone who hasn't... Um, well, well, A, they put the video up, but if you don't want to sit through all that, Clive has done a very concise... Uh, it ain't that. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the word I would okay, use. <laughs> reasonably, reasonably concise uh, uh, summary of what went on last night. Clive, I mean, if you had to pick one thing from uh, apart from the uh, water pressure in the Ellerslie Road toilets, obviously... Any, which I assume didn't come up last night. Scandalously, that <laughs> issue remains outstanding. I, I'd have gone on there just to ask that question, just <laughs> um, to be that person. New stadium, they basically said still miles away. Uh, someone did raise the issue, which I know... Figuratively, I mean, not literally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> still miles, yeah. One mile away, but, but <laughs> so much further than that. Um, I mean, Gemma would be able to speak more to that and, and will on the new stadium, because I know you are very firm on the... The rental or, or ownership of uh, of a stadium, and Lee, who's you know basically sort of straight batted it and said, obviously, ideally we own the freehold. If it was a, an enormously long lease of a hundred or two hundred years, you would have to consider it. 
if if it was a deal like Coventry got themselves into, obviously you would back away from it, even if it was our last chance to stay in the borough. Training ground, he kept his cards very close to his chest. Um, basically, I think they're, they're just about to put a spade in the ground there and he doesn't want to say anything or do anything no. that causes anybody to just be able to, to flick. And he said that the final conditions, preconditions had been met. So... I think we could see some work starting there soon, although there was no talk about how they're going to fund it. He's previously talked about it being a bond issue. Um, so there was... Uh, Kevin was Bond. Yeah. yeah, well... I was going to yeah, make some sort of bond well. then, buddy. That's yeah. gone well for him, hasn't yeah. it? South, South End giving him a job other than driving Harry Redknapp around went really well for them. I don't know, they'll be in the conference in 18 months. Um, and obviously the racism thing was the big headline... Ferdinand and and who's in particular Ooh, really teed off on that was. UEFA and FIFA said they were uh, complicit in racism and liars, uh, and I'm actually surprised that hasn't been picked up a little bit yeah, more the, widely yes. today. Um, basically said that they, they haven't read your article yet, Clive. Maybe they're well, halfway no, yeah, through. No, it's it. too long. Yeah, was it once <laughs> they get to that bit, they'll uh, they'll be fine. Um, QPR aren't big enough for it to be interesting. It has been reported on, though, previous, previously. He basically said that UEFA and FIFA and the Andalusian FA had passed them backwards and forwards, and at one point the Andalusian FA had said, well, we sent someone to meet you. It's appalling. Um, and he said, well, I haven't met with anyone. And then they went, oh, yeah, no, sorry, that was a lie, but we have thought about sending someone to meet with <laughs> you. Absolutely <laughs> astoundingly Yeah, awful. so his, quote, his quotes were very strong and worth either reading or, or seeing. Wow. Them. Yeah, so now the Football League, uh, not only the Football League hate us, but the UEFA and FIFA as well, probably. Yeah, he said if I... If it's they okay, we f- won't ever be in Europe, so yeah. we're all right. <laughs> he said if they want a fight, I'll give them a fight, and shook his fist in the air, and yeah, it was yeah, it was, it was was dramatic. <laughs> so Gemma, Clive mentioned you there with the stadium. Um, how's that all going? That, the, the, the group, what's the, remind us what the group's so, called again, um, and how you can stay get in Stay in W12, touch? but we've, I mean, we're, there's not really very much happening at the moment, because we're really, it's all the balls in Hammersmith and Fulham's court, and until they decide what they are going to do following the consultation, which was, you know, very successful and um, really supported the cause and the the, the feedback was extremely good. Um, it's really down to Hammersmith and Fulham at this point that we just need to see what they decide they want to do with the site. Well, for anyone who doesn't know, explain the premise of the group and, and uh, yeah, so basically what you're trying to achieve so by doing this. Basically, we... Um, one of the th- we set up as a group of fans because one of the things that we realised was that if you want a new stadium as a club, because there are always going to be quite a lot of opposition, particularly to a football club, because of the nature of the reputation of fans and noise and litter Ooh, lads, and Ooh. people that drink, Sausage drink Ooh, too many burger vans, um, is that you need you do need a pressure group and in order to help it across the line, particularly where local councils are involved. And in Brighton's case, it was actually their fans group really um, that was the reason that they got the stadium. And without that group they would not be in the stadium now so um we're sort of there uh, really waiting um for, for something else to happen but we're we're there we're on twitter we're not doing very much at the moment but we're around and we're waiting uh, for the to be a the next move from from the council and as soon as there there is then we'll be asking for everybody that wants to help out or write letters or just support us um and to support the move to to get involved so no, absolutely. Who's uh, did again last night make the financial case for not being able to stay at Loftus Road? He's late. He, he often goes into the forum with his, you know, with a stat that he reads at, and he, he said, you know, QPR have 
made a financial loss in 24 of their last 25 sets of accounts. It's actually horrific when you look at it. And there is wow. no... You can't look That's at it incredible. and go, oh, well, if you just crossed this bit out or didn't spend that, it's simply cannot add up it doesn't matter what you do how many pies you sell we are not going to make money yeah, if we stay there he said he, he said that as long as the club's where it is it is completely reliant on somebody propping it up which at the moment we've got somebody that does that he said the only year in that 25 that they did make a profit the profit was about three hundred thousand pounds and it was because we'd uh divested, was we, wasps, some money? no it's because we divested uh wasps so oh, the, right. the wasps accounts nudged us over three hundred thousand one year and then oh, obviously, wow. obviously that all went to shit as well so uh yeah, but he, the fact he, we don't even have a case. proper, I mean, it, it's a kind of side issue, but, you know, for them to host the fans forum, Precise. they have not got, we don't have any decent areas in that club to do anything, really, because it's not built for that. And you actually do need that because you need to be able to make non-match day revenue, it which makes an, a massive difference. It was such a good, such a, a pleasant experience last night in the new venue, which uh, it was at the Westford Sports Bar at, in the Westfield Shopping Centre and just... You know, space, facilities, a bar, food, you, you know, nice places to ha- sit. Hand dryers that work. Water pressure. Water pressure in the toilets yeah. was excellent. <laughs> yeah. uh, so it, it just made such a difference having it there. And, uh, you know, we can't even host a, a fans forum, really, at our own ground. For, no, for it's an uncomfortable people. experience. Yeah. You, I mean, I love Loftus Road. I'm st- I, d- I still think we'll be there as long as I'm alive, but maybe that's... More to do with how long I'll be. I mean, (laughs) Linford Christie is in desperate need of regeneration, regardless of QPR moving there. So I just hope that. Well, it's running at such a loss for the council. I mean, they're losing a lot of money every single week, and it's it's not supporting the community nearly as well as it could. It's a hovel, you know. Like, could be a massive win-win for everybody if if you could just climb down from the idea of we don't want a football stadium on the edge edge of metropolitan Greenland. You could get. New athletics facility paid for you. We could take away the council's liability on there. We could provide facilities for the scrubs, like park or uh, like a cafe and stuff like that. Yeah, ropes all, to get out. All of which, are, <laughs> all of which are sorely lacking. Sorry. I mean, it could it could be massive win 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 for for everybody, but. You saw it with the Olympic Stadium. They went all the way through the Olympic Stadium saying it will not be a football stadium. We're not going to give it to a football club. We need a giant athletic stadium in London. No, we don't. All the way through. And what did you end up doing? You end up converting a stadium wholly inappropriate for football into that monstrosity that West Ham played. If you just admit early on <laughs> yeah. they could have that a football club can be a great tenant. It can, you know, it could be a great idea. It could lead to all sorts of regeneration in that area. But, but I, the key to it, it, and I'm totally that would be my priority is the size has got to be right and the one thing and I think the good thing about that consultation was they put on the consultation the the council that it was they were looking at a 40,000 seater which I would oppose I think any QPR fan on earth would oppose and from what Leah said he would oppose it who said last night he would he would oppose he doesn't want to he he basically intimated last night that if that's what they pressed ahead with then we would look elsewhere because we don't want it would wreck it 18,000 people rattling around in a 40,000 seat estate. We've all been to grounds like that. And, that, you know, that would just kill so much of what we love about it. And I think in the consultation, that was quite clear that that was the consensus. And and so the council know that. So it's really whether they choose to listen to the club. You build something with scope to extend, if you know what I mean. So you build a 25 and you, you can somewhere you can I don't know anything about this clearly what I love is just because we're so kind of Loftus Road centric that the idea of expanding on a stadium is like anathema like what 
We can, we can make a stadium bigger from what it is initially. Can we just put a top layer on? <laughs> we just, press a button and yeah. then it will just, we'll just build Loftus Road sure exactly can. the same and then there'll sure, be a top layer. Yeah, I'm sure you can just a, take a bit off, add some on. You're only ever five minutes in this debate away from someone saying, why don't we just dig down at Loftus Road? Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just have a really deep... It's what I always think, I won't lie. Just pole in the ground, it'll be fine. Um, Actually, no, sorry. So no, yeah. Sunderland, <laughs> Sunderland did the Stadium of Light like that originally. Those top tiers that have gone in on the Stadium of Light. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there was more to it than this, but they they just lifted. <laughs> you can tell the roof. we're all architects. They just here. lifted the roof up and slipped those tiers in. They weren't there originally. But that, that's so what I mean. That, that's exactly what I mean. Yes. If, you, if you if you you know yeah, do that for twenty five thousand with the capacity to make it into forty thousand, then. But have you seen those American stadiums where they play like MLS? Um, in an oh, NFL yeah, yeah, stadium, yeah, yeah. and the top tier's got a curtain round it and stuff. And I just no, please yeah. let's not no. let's not end up like that. I mean, this is all massively adv- way it's good too, to get excited about it's way too far it's good to we, get excited about a thing that might not happen for a decade will the water <laughs> pressure be any good in, yeah. the, in the toilets at the new ground I mean that is that's issue front and centre isn't it that is right okay before we go to the R's end um, concise or not so another thing from your review that uh, Sorry. I read no no I, I, I thought it was still n- reading it right packaged. I, I, <laughs> you're, the, you're the one chastising me for calling it concise but yeah. um, <laughs> Um, as concise as it could be, let's put it that way. But one of the other things, I, I, I must admit, I didn't actually know this, that, that basically Naki Wells and all the lone players have got, um, uh, what's, what's the thing, clauses in their contracts. So they... I just think that was common knowledge. I, I'm surprised people are surprised. No, Season-long I... loans, since they got rid of the short-term loans, season-long loans have a recall in January. Is, I, I didn't know that that was that, that every everyone. I, th- I, I thought didn't some season long loans were season long loans, and that was it. In fact, I've read you know different opinions on your forum where people were insisting that. Yes, yeah, I've told you. <laughs> told you about that lot. Yeah, I, I no, but I have read that, that apparently there was one saying that. I don't know if it was Hugo that he can't be recalled. Yeah, but, I've seen that as well. Um, Just, uh, I don't know where but, that comes from. Um, they, they said very categorically last night. I've read it online. The, I won't the, say who it was, but I, I'll say not now. Um, that that doesn't mean I'm in the know. I just you know I've got a good memory. I've got a good memory. They said very categorically last night that all the lone players can go back in January. And the debate at the moment is the one over Wells, which is basically off the back of a story in the Sun last about Birmingham that said that Birmingham were going to pay six million pounds for him. Now Birmingham are stupid. They have (laughs) they have done some really random stuff over the last couple of years and got themselves in trouble and had a Harry Redknapp trolley dash and all the rest of it. Even Birmingham are not stupid enough to pay six million pounds for a player who's out of contract at the end of the season that they can have free. Can they? Can they even buy people? I, who knows? I mean, like, Reading were meant to be under an embargo and then suddenly bought bloody Pele and Puskas for fifteen million quid, <laughs> which was bold. Um, yeah, so it's off the back of that Sun story. But as Warburton said, if Wells does happen to score another five or six goals between now and Christmas, that would leave you with a player that can be recalled who is out of contract at the end of the season who has got 15 goals in the championship that makes him a, a hot property and then yeah. we can make our pitch and they were very clear that he's happy at QPR and wants to stay if possible but you know if Burnley get offered in January some money for a player that they're about to lose for free six months later he's going he's gonna to go isn't he yeah. um, I think he really suits how we play more this year as well He's got a point to prove as well after last yeah. season. Um, a cynic would suggest, you know, we his need to put some sort of bandages around his head and arm and leg <laughs> yeah. just no. over Christmas and sort of have him limp around a bit. No, just, pick, yeah. just pick Hugel for the next six weeks. Going, oh, yeah, no, no pens, no, no good. No yeah. Yeah. That Wells is an arsehole. Yeah, we've got to pick Hugel. He's, trouble. Just, yeah, it's trouble. Pro- proper trouble. I mean, yeah, trouble. I think we would be in trouble if if we if we, if we, if we, if we, if we lost Wells. Um, that what that yeah. Um, but anyway. 
We'll see what happens between now and January. Right, we've come to that point in time. Um, the R's end of the show. Who would like to go first, James? I've got, I've got a couple, um, but one hopefully just to start something else. No, carry on. Um, so I just wanted to say, because we touched on it really early, I just thought the remembrance service was really beautifully observed yes. on um, Saturday. And, uh, you know, because you, um, you always hear some shouts or anything. It was so quiet. Um, and obviously the last post being played, it was it was beautiful and the thing reading out and all the players, it, I I got emotional, um, which doesn't mean much as you, if you don't know me. Um, but I was, uh, but no, genu- it was genuinely quite touching. It's uh, Warren that plays the last post, who was the on QPR this podcast, of course, a year ago, and has actually scored at the loft end against Chelsea, which is is quite the story. Yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> how. It was in somebody's <laughs> testimonial where you could bid for places in the team. So it was a mixture oh, of amazing. QPR legends and Chelsea legends and QPR fans and Chelsea fans who bid. And and it, a good header as well. That's amazing. <laughs> and then I, the other thing I was going to say, because it leads me on to the last time I was... I think it was the last time I was on. Today is Neda Manua's birthday. And I think Neda Manua gets a happy birthday. I think that was Absolutely. when we were last on together. Yeah. Happy yes, birthday, happy Ned. Birthday. Happy birthday, Ned. <laughs> Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. He, he, Clive he, won't say the words, but he, he, he's he agrees. Be- no, yeah, happy birthday. Yeah, yeah, he, he, gets, he gets. He gets. He gets right? a happy birthday. Yeah, no, good. Who doesn't him. get a happy birthday? Oh, we did this last. Oh, time. this is what this is what happened I the think last. We were time. all on together doing yeah. this last. Time. <laughs> but no, I just read it on the tube. I was like, how funny. Yeah, happy birthday, Chief. I, I thought I thought he got a little bit too much stick. Um, I don't know if he would love playing it out from the back. But he's got some fantastic attributes. Um, he be, he's a great kind of leader, and as well, yeah. I think he'd be fantastic with the young ones. Yeah, definitely. He was a super captain in a really difficult time. Yes, he like was. The dressing room was completely fractured in the first bit, and then the second bit, we were going through a complete rebuild, and he was very steady. Steady, and yeah, you know, not not the best player. But what's he doing now? Has he gone out? He's in the board? MLS. Real Salt Lake. Oh, right. That's the. M- I wonder <laughs> if he'll end up being a coach. <laughs> That's the MLS deal you don't want. In it, it's like I'll go to the MLS. Go, no, no. Whoa, I wonder which club I'll get. Oh, Okay. <laughs> it's where? Uh, Gemma. Would you like to go? I don't really have anything to say much. Okay, then, I had one thing, <laughs> but it's not quite. Oh, I'll be quick. Oh, Clive, excuse me. Clive's wearing a really fetching jumper this yeah. evening. Oh, That's my oh you said you weren't going to mention that. No, there was one moment in my household because I obviously have an Arsenal QPR household and. My QPR son, who comes with me every week, pretty much, except when I'm down the pub all evening, um, we were having the usual argument this weekend about Arsenal QPR, except we are really enjoying it at the moment because clearly Arsenal are not having the best time. And at one point there was a shout of, well, it could be worse, at least I'm not an Arsenal fan, to which my Arsenal son (laughs) turned around and went, yeah, I think I'd rather be a QPR fan. That's how bad things are at Arsenal. We're making progress. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Well, I'm going to let Clive have the last word uh, with Finney not being here. So I just wanted to, uh, we've had one Dave Thomas on who was brilliant. I just wanted to shout out to the other Dave Thomas who stood there resolutely uh, in the driving rain uh, and he must have been there for three or four hours selling uh, copies of his wonderful fanzine. Uh, and the, Dave, last, the last issue of A Kick Up The Hours, the one, not the one he had out on Saturday, the one before was just an incredible... Like every article in it was brilliant and interesting. There was a guy that walks to every home game the full length of the Regent's Canal and stuff, you know, just 
random stuff like that you wouldn't get anywhere else. Just people need to support it. That's one of those things that you don't realise what you've got until it's well. I missed. I missed. I got this 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 month, obviously. So I'll have to go and get the back issue. But there were people coming up getting back issues, and I had a, I had a quick chat with him. And uh, I think we put the thing about pod appearances, and he put a jokey reply and said, "Yeah, thanks for asking me." You know, <laughs> only only much better worded uh, than that. Um, so Dave, yeah, I, I, I did say he's obviously lives up north, so he can't get down. But we, 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 we are going to ring you up. You could have a Dave, Dave Thomas on for the third we week have in a, Dave a row. Thomas special. In fact, we should call this. <laughs> there's Dave only Thomas. two Dave Thomases, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Clive, uh, Ote scored for Bradford in the FA Cup. He didn't. I was a bit worried about him because obviously the Walsall loan didn't go well last year, and he wasn't starting for Bradford in League Two at the start of this season. But I think he's got three in his last four, uh, and it's a nice goal. In the FA Cup at Shrewsbury at the weekend, dreadful celebration. Fantastic. Tried a tried a knee slide celebration on a pitch that was not having a knee slide. So he's probably out for six months now, knowing our luck. But we can recall him in January, right? Yeah, yeah, we can. <laughs> with, yeah, with our luck with uh, with medical uh, diagnosis, probably best leaving where he is. And uh, uh, Little Smith, Paul Smith, is back tonight for Wickham after three months out. He's playing in their. Finder's Crispy Pancake Memorial Trophy game or whatever that nonsense competition is. Um, so, yeah, so interesting because he scored on his debut and then immediately got injured. He could, you know, Wickham are obviously flying. Um, oh, that is my second team at the moment as my uh, the top of my mic falls off. That Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's from Belfast, you know. Is he? Really? Yeah, really. I didn't know that. Is he celiac? I, I, yeah, I've, I've heard that. Similar. That's what you do. That's what you, do. You, do a clang, you do a clanging reference like that and they just go, carry on. Yeah. And then tell a story about you know, you met a guy at the weekend who used to work in the hardware shop next to Linfield's ground. And when you were a kid, you stole a kettle from there and your mum <laughs> took you back, but he let you off because he was actually a Glen Torren fan. I was like, yeah, am I doing this right? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think it's... <laughs> you get the accent down. That's it. <laughs> it's in the room, yeah. Well, you know, he's got other podcasts now. Absolutely. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's he's Clive, I'd like to thank you for all you've done for the podcast. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, I'd like to thank you all for all nice you've done for the podcast. It's too big for us now, isn't it? So, well. <laughs> any, so any more for any more, Clive? Good, thank you, mate. You've okay. been very professional. Oh, oh when's the, what's the next game? Oh, Fulham. God, yeah, oh, see, God. just as you said, you've been very professional. Oh, God. Okay, yeah. Well, we better do this, I suppose. Maybe that's why I wasn't going to this, but predictions for Fulham away. Mitrovic is suspended. Yay! Which is good, because I think, you know, we'd probably put a strike force together in this room that would get a couple of goals against our defence at the minute. So <laughs> the best striker in the league being suspended has to be a good thing. Barbet, is he back? Or Barbet? I go Barbe because he's French. Yeah. But, you know. Yeah, uh. That makes sense. <laughs> um, Nick London on the commentary insists on rolling the R, which is quite something when you're doing... Non- Barbe. Yes. <laughs> he, do, he does it every time for 90 minutes. <laughs> Why? real commitment oh. to the cause. <laughs> it's one R. It's not Spanish. <laughs> um, yeah, Clive, go on then. What do you think? I mean, I, it's hard to predict anything other than another horror show, isn't it? Well, it's not, it's not a clean sheet. I'm not going clean sheet. That would be bold. Yeah. Okay, well, okay, well, I'll start. I'll, I'll, well, I'll take two all. Yeah. Are you predicting that or you're taking that? I'm predicting two all. Okay. Well, let's let come come on. Let's go three two QPR. We're going to concede two goals, so we're going to win by three. Go on, James. He's been on red stripe. Looks for, like for, for, yeah, the viewers. I have. At, I have the viewers at home. A more realistic uh, scoreline coming I'm up going, from Gemma. I think. Well, I think we're going to lose five two. Oh my god! <laughs> wow. Not realistic. That's a, that's, uh, that's interesting. And Clive. No, I think we might score some goals. So. I did promise you the last word, Is Clive. everything all right at home for you? <laughs> yes. uh, I, I don't want to say it, but I, I, don't, I don't fancy us overly. Okay, that'll do. 
right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And thanks, everyone, for coming on. And a special thanks to Harry, our engineer, as well, who doesn't always get a shout-out. So we've been Open All Ours. Uh, see you next week. Uh, actually, the week after. <laughs>